a track featuring one of the most unique voices in music. A soulful classic from a legendary artist. And a swing and arrangement of a classical piece. You're listening to Themes and Variation. Themes and Variation is a podcast about music and perspectives brought to you by the online music school Soundfly. I'm your host, Carter Lee. All right, folks, another Themes and Variation coming at you. And we've got a very fun theme for you today as we're talking about songs to wake up to. These are songs that for one reason or another we've all deemed that are maybe the first thing we want to listen to in the morning. Maybe you're a morning person already and you don't need too much help in the morning. You just need something to kind of chill you out a little bit. Or maybe you need a little bit more of a pick-me-up and a little bit more energy from the first track you listen to of the day. These songs all are fantastic choices to wake up to. And so joining me for this deep dive into these songs to wake up to is, of course, my frequent co-host, Mahaya Lee, and our dear friend, drummer, composer, and producer, Sarah Galdez. Sarah really is an incredible artist with so many skills and and as a drummer has toured all over the world uh, with artists like Grammy winner Anna Wise, uh, the prolific art group Teen, Overcoats, Black Chords, The Tiger and Me, just many, many, many others. We loved breaking down each one of these songs with Sarah and it was such a joy to have her on the show. And folks, just a tiny bit of housekeeping uh, for this episode. As you heard on the pre-roll ad, our brand new course, Kiefer Keys, Chords and Beats, is out. It's really, really an incredible course. And if you've already checked it out, thank you so much for doing so. The response has been absolutely amazing. Kiefer puts so much into it. We put a lot into making it come to life as well. And if you haven't checked it out, no worries, but I highly recommend diving in. Again, you can use the discount code KEYFOR20 to take 20% off a monthly or annual subscription. And so without further ado, let's get into the episode, Songs to Wake Up To. All right, folks, another themes and variation coming at you. I'm joined, of course, by my frequent co-host, Mahaya Lee. Mahaya, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, Carter. How are you? That's great fantastic good doing great it's uh it's cool i know i always give people these like this is what the weather's like where we end people listen to days later and it doesn't matter so this whole yeah. opening thing is weird because i feel like a <laughs> by now a lot of people know that we're in the same building so hopefully you know how i'm doing and that yep. just feels like a throwaway question but yeah you also tell me about the weather all the time yeah you know what <laughs> we have a fantastic guest we have a fantastic theme uh, joining us on this episode is our good friend, Sarah Galdez. Sarah, how you doing? I am so great. Yeah, feeling good. Awesome. And th- you know, thanks for joining us, but also thanks for picking a very fun and happy kind of theme, songs to wake up to. Mm. You know, we, we do a lot of like sometimes not heavy themes, but like I always pick songs that end up sounding like dark and, and moody and things like that. And didn't go that way. I get to talk about a band I haven't talked about in a lot, like I think ever on this podcast. I'm so excited about uh, question for both of you, totally not musically related. Are you morning people at all? Like, it, like I think that kind of will fit right into now? your. <laughs> this is. <laughs> it's a, it's for questions. the. I'm asking. I'm trying to be a conduit for the audience, man. Like, of course we could. Like, maybe they want to know if you're a morning person or not. This is the best. 
This is the best. <laughs> but Sarah, this is more for Sarah then. Sarah, are you a morning person? Um, well, I want to know Mahaya's answer, but see, um, yeah, this is great. I will, I will answer. You can first. ask me. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, are you a morning person, Mahaya? Um, I have been at various points in my life, but currently, I'd say probably not. Mm. When you had to surf, and your when your dad had to wake you up to go surfing, that's when you were a morning yeah. person. You had to surf. Were, yeah, she didn't have a choice. Yeah, I guess we basically. haven't had these conversations in high school i was a competitive surfer my dad would wake me up at like 5 or five thirty, so i could get a session in before school sometimes Holy i was like shit. not that good it was just a thing that i was doing wow that's yeah, so you're, cool you're, you're good you're, you're still good <laughs> anyway sarah sarah are you a morning person um yeah i love the morning i wouldn't say like i'm a morning person because i feel like that implies that i wake up at six hmm and like go for a run and do the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I just love waking up whenever I wake up, which is aiming always like in the sevens, but mostly still pretty early. That's pretty like early. Uh, if my life is in a place where I can really plan when I sleep, which is mm -hmm. not that often. But yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> and then what ends up happening is like eight thirty, nine thirty, and possibly mm -hmm. later if there was like a show or something before. You still have like several hours on most musicians, I think. That's it's all, like 11 seemed to be like the sweet spot. Um, but in like, you know, unless you're touring and touring, you feel like you're not you're like, I'm going to be able to like, no, you can't sleep in. You have to be at the van or the or the airport. Like, There's a weird thing so early. with tour van sleep where it doesn't actually add to your sleep log. Like it just no. like exists in a vacuum because I've slept on tours every time we get to the van. And I'm still tired. Like, it just it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Then there's, there's just a rough sleep. You play a show, maybe you're a little amped up, you're feeling good, and you have to get up at like five. And you just, you're not going to, you know, get no time to sleep. Um, for this theme, though, and knowing what you guys selected, were there any other songs that you considered for, for songs to wake up to? I did some quick research. <laughs> So in 2015, Spotify partnered with a music psychologist and then PhD candidate named David Greenberg to create a playlist of songs to wake up to based on scientific research. So I considered almost everything on that playlist. And Sarah, your choice, I believe, was on it. Nice. Number one was weird. It was like a weird song. Oh, did you see, read the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was um, Coldplay. Yes, it was uh, like... Dun, 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 dun. Because it's get like it. really I uplifting. Yeah. I don't exactly. Yeah. So the song should build. Mm -hmm. It should, if it has lyrics, it should have a positive meaning, and um, it should have a strong beat that potentially makes you want to dance with an emphasis on two and four. And they even <laughs> said that the tempo should be between 100 and 130 beats per minute. Wow. My song doesn't fit like any of that. Those last two points feel like. Like, you know, somebody got hired with a PhD like they did. And they're like, I got to throw out some like mm. stats here that are like vaguely <laughs> something that I can attribute well, to like, like, like scientists. They say retail stores uh, should pick songs at 120 because that's the pace where you walk and you browse just enough. But you also make your purchases and get out. I'm fascinated hearing stats like that, but it also makes me feel so sad that we're, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We're, yeah, totally <laughs> manipulated. 
Uh, Sarah, did you have a, any other? I know, like, you kind of had this one, this selection dialed in. Were there any other tracks that kind of even you, you considered for this? I was racking my brain on what to play because the obvious thing for me is like any Motown. But then I was like, mm. I don't know, maybe I should play like an actual morning raga, like a North Indian Ooh. classical piece. But then I was like, I feel like this whole thing started because I was listening to Lovely Day, like most mornings in the pan- when the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. And then when Biden got inaugurated, it was it played and it was just like a weird moment because it was like my song of 2020, I think. Love that. Um, and then Bill Withers, I think, also died yeah. in 2020, which was weird, too. Yeah. Oh, man, I didn't make that connection. Yeah, he died at the end of March in 2020. Oh, man. R.I.P. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, Well, (laughs) I'm trying to make a segue. (laughs) My segue game is terrible. Um, I am a a slight morning person, I think. Like, I get up early enough, and I've been enjoying it, I think, more and more. You get to see the sun come out. It's so quiet. I love Mm. the the peacefulness of of the morning. Sure. Um, You know, we did the course with Kiefer and everything. I've been listening to a ton of Kiefer. There's a couple Kiefer songs that are like superhero. I, I've been loving, and I think that that's kind of like a decent, like little beat to wake up to. Of course. Mm-hmm. The track that I picked, we'll get into. Uh, let's get into it right now, and we'll start talking about it. So here, here is uh, <laughs> my selection for the episode. Folks, we're listening to Constant Surprises, of course, from Little Dragon. Um, I just remember feeling so good, like hearing hearing this song. I, this record came out in 2007. I also didn't really, like the band apparently formed in 1996. Yeah, they've been around for decades. Yeah. That's I had no crazy. idea it was it was that that long. This record, like the percentage of of showing people this album and them instantly becoming fans of Little Dragon, like the hit rate on that was so high. This might be the first thing you showed me. I yeah, it's oh, a very it's a classic. Right? Uh, yeah, love. <laughs> uh, but just your guys' experience with Little Dragon, mostly this is mostly for Sarah. Um, yeah. I yeah. think that they're so amazing and. I don't want to sound like a curmudgeon, but sometimes when I think about <laughs> bands today, I'm like, uh, <laughs> like for top 40, top 40 pop mostly. Um, right. Yeah. Especially when I'm teaching drums, sometimes I'm like with little kids, like, let's choose a song on the radio. And I'm like, God, none of these have actual <laughs> instruments. It's like, none of these even have like parts to, to instruments yeah. like but I love like electronic stuff and I love pop. But uh, when I listen to Little Dragon, I'm like, oh, they're just so good. And they've been doing it for so long and they're so inspiring. We were talking before, uh, we, like while we were listening to the track, is it real drums? Is it sample? Like there is a drummer, Eric Bodine, I believe, or, or Bowden. I, I can't, you know, 
my pronunciation is probably way all <laughs> over the place here, but I may yeah, have trying to, we saw them in Boston at Royale I've seen them twice. And I think you were there both times. I've only seen them once. No, we also saw them. Oh, we saw them open for glass animals. animals. Certainly, um, like drum pads uh, mm-hmm. involved. I can't remember if there was live drums. That I think there them, must have been. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to guess. Yeah. Getting right into why this is a song to wake up to. I mean, we're talking tempo. This is a perfect tempo. Uh, nice and brisk. It's not too slow. I mean, the first thing that I do in the morning a lot of times is, is take little Norman, our, our dog, for a walk. When we decide on this theme, kind of put this song to the test. Listen to it the second I woke up. I would listen to it walking. Perfect morning walk song. Nice and brisk. Got a nice bounce to it, of course. The groove is incredibly uh, uplifting. Just makes you want to move. And that bass tone is absolutely perfect. You think it's bad, but I don't fool myself. You think it's odd, because in my life... Got a nice punch to it, but it's very rounded. There's nothing jarring about it. There's not anything really standing out. It sounds nice and muted. Um, This is the worst way to describe it. It sounds kind of like fleshy almost. And the way I think of that (laughs) is like you're you're muting it with the side of your your hand and maybe thumb is playing into it. Just a very, it's got a meaty, uh, nice round tone. So you don't think it's a synth? You think that's a... It could be. It it still could be. Um, uh, You can definitely manipulate a synth to sound like that but you can get that sound very quickly with a with a nice p bass with some flat wound strings on it there you go you are both very talented like live instrumentalists who have also learned the electronic i guess like extensions of your instruments is that something you did out of necessity or because you wanted to i was forced to get an spd basically had a thought i remember a gun to my head yeah i was like i was like i want to keep playing in bands and then it was like well <laughs> you need to buy this thing cost 900 dollars <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> to get paid much. like 50 dollars a show and yeah i just did it and i hated it for a long time and now i i like playing with samples i don't love playing mm. with playback rigs just mm. because you can't mm. really hear sometimes Great. like what's actually going on on the stage um, mm-hmm. But then recently I've been loving the Sunhouse sensory percussion triggers. It's this company based in New York City, in Long Island City, and uh, they make triggers which have been around for a long time. So when you play the drum, it, it plays a sample. But these triggers basically map nine different spots on each drum where if you play in the middle of the drum, you can trigger a different sound. Or the same sound, but like more attack or more release or like louder or softer. This is coming back to me. I think Ian Chang in some looks uses them. Yeah, Ian Chang's like incredible at this stuff. And he does like the whole Mm. lighting rig with Ableton and the triggers. And it's like so crazy. And then recently, my friend lent me a TR-8, which is just a a modern drum machine that combines like 808s and 909s. And it's very... Mm -hmm. So sick. Yeah, it's just very like user-friendly. Every drum has a fader. So you can kind of like live arrange. And I did a session in a studio where I I was on drum machine and drum kit. And instead of using a click track, I just created a drum beat 
we all drummed to the drum machine and not the click and we all played like way more musically yeah that makes sense yeah, of course, yeah it yeah. was like a, i was like why have i and i i've never thought of this <laughs> it's so simple yeah um this uh when you mentioned at the the beginning like a little bit of reluctance getting into it which i i think is pretty universal and it also like to me makes drummers such good mds because they learn mm -hmm. how to manage the set that way and they learn like all the backtracks everything like that but <laughs> the threshold for things that can possibly go mm. wrong ramps up by like a million when you're when you're well, using backing you tracks so. right like because you're yeah. not engaging with like you're saying sarah like you you can't hear what's going on on stage in the same way because you're kind of beholden to this pre-recorded entity <laughs> yeah i i did an improv degree as my music degree so mm. it's weird for me to have no element I mean, I guess mm. I can kind of improvise with my drum part, but mm -hmm. when I can't... But you still kind of know what's coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, but when I'm not doing playback and I hear the guitarist, like, do something, I like being a little free to, like, add mm. a right. snare drum or a tom thing. But, yeah, the playback is a little uninspiring sometimes. The biggest reason I love Little Dragon, Yukimi, Yukimi Nagano, one of my favorite voices on the on the planet, on the mm. planet, like unique too. Just one of the uh, un yeah, undeniably just incredibly unique voice. Uh, she shines through on the entire record, twice of course. Uh, was was I think the first song I heard that, and the first song I think a lot of people heard that got hip to Little Dragon because it. Especially if you're into jazz, there's that element of like there's this floaty kind of nature to the song, and then, of course, like every jazzer on the planet started covering Twice too immediately, and that kind of uh, propelled that in that circle at least. But Twice, After the Rain, incredible song uh, as well on this record. No love, no love. I, I would have picked, but it's kind of just got a darker vibe to it, and it's not maybe like a, a wake up song, but. Um, the production fits her voice so perfectly on this track. You really hear it again throughout the entire album, but uh, especially in the third verse, which I want to play because it gets just very, very dry and then things kind of ramp up a little bit. So. Suddenly I could read his mind. You think it's bad, but I don't fool myself. You think it's odd because in my life, in my life, things are built on the built on. So good. It makes you melt almost. <laughs> and there's so many things you can do with a voice like that. And, and all these little moments of ear candy, the synth kind of riding in. like, And when you really you dig into her performance, there's all these very tiny inflections, tiny little things. Every note is just delivered so perfectly and, and flawlessly. And I, I just can't say enough good things. Like, that's the kind of voice I want to wake up to. Absolutely. <laughs> there's certain voices that have that intimacy to them that just makes yeah them, yeah like there's almost like a humility in the performance and you don't even realize how amazing some of the little inflections like you said are until you like Gretchen Parlato kind of has that oh yeah too. um it just doesn't have that like I'm doing a riff now yes sound, you know? yes there's yeah. something so nice about a singer like that who just knows this is what the song needs yeah <laughs> and it's not about my performance yes but um yeah 
Absolutely. Uh, there's also like, so there's uh, this little harmonic jolt in the song too. And it, there's not anything like, like harmonically, it's pretty steady. And then there's that one little moment uh, in, in the hook, I believe. Uh, there's just one little moment that um, I'm, I didn't really dig in and, and uh, transcribe everything here, but I, I think it's just a diminished chord. I'm going to say it's probably built on the seventh degree, but like, that's, that's my guess. It's more just like the moment. Like I was like, I just want to let this be a moment. I don't need to analyze what's going on. So I want to play that for you guys as well. And that's it. That's like the only thing in the song harmonically that maybe takes you out. It's just a little, you know, little jolt. There's an, yeah. there's like a police song. And in the first like 10 seconds, there's this chord that's like totally not in the key. And it's really insane. And that chord that you just played kind of reminded me of that moment. It's like right at the start. Um, lyrically, this is such a stretch, but lyrically there is a line. Um, the higher forces want to connect. Last night in my dream, I was talking to you. Uh, you know who you are. You were dreaming to, or were you dreaming too? Yeah, it talks about dreams. So maybe you think about your own <laughs> dreams the night before. There you go. Last night in my dream, I was talking to you. You know who you are, where you dreaming to. The song just makes me feel good. That's that's the end of it. It makes me feel so good. It's a great way to start the day. I, I Again, a lot of my listening is like brooding, kind of minor tonality, modal stuff, of course. And it just feels like, bleh, like very, which I just like that. And I gravitate towards that kind of music. But this just feels great. Just, you know, mm-hmm. it's a great way to start your day. Um, yeah. <laughs> What do you guys think? A song to wake up to or... Eh. I think it's a great song to wake up to. It's definitely like not a Saturday morning vibe for me. Mm, like Saturday yeah. mornings like pancakes and like eggs yeah. and stuff. But this is like like a Tuesday morning, you know, when you have to like go to work and like do stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Commute. yeah. This would be a great subway morning yeah. commute song, I yeah, think, well, for yeah. sure. Uh, well, let's listen to our next selection for the episode. Uh, here we go. When I wake up in the morning, love. All right, Sarah. I, I mean, everybody, I'm sure, knows this tune, but please, uh, what are we listening to? Lovely Day by Bill Withers. Fantastic pick. Thank you. Fantastic Um, pick. Approved by science. Yeah. (laughs) It's used in a lot of like ads. I think that's how we Mm. all kind Mm -hmm. of know this from birth. It was used in a Tetley tea ad. I don't know if that is in America, (laughs) if you guys have Tetley. We had Tetley in Canada. We had all kinds of Tetley tea. Okay, that makes sense because in Australia, like we all drink Tetley and Lipton, which Lipton sucks. All kinds of Lipton stuff too, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The iced tea is good. The Lipton's iced tea. Oh, yeah, I'd go in iced tea, yeah. (laughs) But not the black tea. That sucks. No. (laughs) Um, And it was used in an ad for Good Morning Football, which I don't fully understand what that is. but... But it has morning in it. Yeah, I have another fact. Yeah. Towards the end of the song, Bill Withers holds a note for 18 seconds, the longest of any top 40 hit in the United States. That's 
Sick. That's one of the best facts. Oh, in man. the UK, there is a song by Martin Hockett of Ahas, yeah. where he mm. holds a 20-second note in this song, what? Summer Moved On, came out in the year 2000. I don't, know if I, remember that song. I don't remember. I don't know that song, but Bill Withers is only two seconds behind that yeah, guy. He would have been like the longest in the US and the UK if he just held if on. He just, <laughs> if he just yeah. held on. Yeah. <laughs> I will admit, <laughs> I will admit that just the chorus, like the chorus alone is like hard enough to sing. And I totally tried to do it. You um, need a lot of air, yeah. You need a ton of air. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's awesome. I just feel like oh, the man. chorus is such a funny vibe. Mm-hmm. He's just so chill. And mm-hmm. the chorus like lifts. It feels like uplifting. But he's just like kind of, he hasn't really lifted in energy. He's kind of just like holding this note and it's so cool he's just not making it an event he's just like yeah. this is the note it's so yeah. cool. it's not super high like he could take it up even an octave i bet but it just it sits perfectly in in the groove and everything especially coming out of the the like bridge to the mm-hmm. chorus or the pre-chorus i guess pre-chorus is phenomenal that horn line you know and i know it's gonna be You know what's interesting about this song too? The fact that it feels so uplifting, but there's so much minor harmony going on. Mm. Mm. Yep. Like that's impressive. Do you think that's because <laughs> of the context of those minor chords and how it's like how the song starts kind of. that it doesn't it kind of like eases you in? It's not like a yeah. stock minor. I think that's part of it. And then I think there's things like like that note that he holds mm. that you were just talking about. Those little common tone moments, I feel like they glue all those things together. So in some ways, the minor chords kind of start to just blend into the major ones, you know? Mm. Um, it just softens everything. And yeah, anytime you're throwing tensions on something, it sounds a little less definitively major or minor, to my ear mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I played tabla for six years in Melbourne, and I haven't bought a tabla set since living in the u.s but it's been on my mm. list for like a long time but um i learned while i was playing tabla that there are ragas which is like melodies and songs that you play at different times of the day and i was like doing some research onto like why these morning ragas and there's also early morning ragas um like why are those chosen and i found this like if you just google like morning raga it's just the first website that comes up and it was kind of cool it was trying to explain like why certain melodies are suited for the morning um and it kind of suits this song lovely day melodies are grounded in the lower register and their melodic movement is gradual the rhythmic and total intensity increasing with the progress of the day and then just about it being like smooth, uh, sorry, soothing mm. and calm in nature. And I definitely feel that with this song. You put this song to the test. You said like you listen to it every morning through <laughs> through like the the bulk of the the pandemic. Like, do you feel like it did like oh, legitimately help? It really didn't change your destiny. <laughs> it didn't. Well, maybe. They, <laughs> maybe they say yeah. the way they you start your morning like dictates the whole day, but. Yeah, it definitely like 
it just gives me so much joy just because I just picture Bill Withers with like a briefcase. Is that like an album cover? I don't know how I have this <laughs> image, but just in a briefcase like at a factory or a train station or somewhere where it's like very just like hyper normal environment, like not like a stadium, yeah. just like he's just like a regular person holding a briefcase and just gives me joy. I didn't realize, so I, I just I randomly searched Bill Withers briefcase, and uh, uh, one, some very lovely uh, briefcases came up, but the next thing I saw was uh, New York Times. I didn't realize this. He went from, uh, like, he was a working man. He said he went from manual labor to musical stardom. Um, I don't know what his job was before he... Uh, he was a janitor on airplanes, I wow. believe. Wow. I would have to fact check this, but I believe that he got fame like way later and he would yeah. be going to like big studios and then like go back to like his janitor shifts and stuff. He was like not like super like I'm a rock star. He was just kind of like right. a worker, which is cool. Yeah. I respect that. That had awesome. like a transcendent voice and it yeah. was just... That's amazing. Well, I think um, they say that that stuff's good for creativity sometimes, right? Like the whole Einstein thing. Was it Einstein who was a patent clerk? And they sometimes say he wouldn't have come up with what he came up with if his mind hadn't been occupied partly mm. by tedious day-to-day oh, love that. tasks, you know? I think we all need a little bit of that. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, um, yeah Sarah, what, anything else on, on this track that you want to you wanna touch on? Um, it, it makes me want to get up and dance. I feel like dancing's <laughs> really nice and important. <laughs> in the mornings um and then it often leads to like some kind of like egg situation (laughs) coffee and sunshine nothing really with the music um that i wanted to highlight just more about like morning (laughs) feelings just the vibe that this song induces yeah yeah it has a real everything's gonna be okay quality to it yep and you uh you aptly uh, pointed out, you know, the Little Dragon track, more of a Tuesday morning, more of a weekday morning. <laughs> Is there, I mean, you you listen to the song every every morning, but was there a day that it fit more? Is it a weekend morning yeah, weekends. song? Weekends yeah, are for I like Motown, like any yeah. Motown for me. It's like, I, if I play that, I will have the best morning. Um, Mahaya, shall we get into your track? I'm just going to pull it. Uh, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, cool. Let's, uh, let's dive right in. Here we go. What are we listening to? We are listening to the Ellington Strayhorn arrangement of Morning Mood by Edward Grieg. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We always do these things, and I pick names that are very European that I struggle to pronounce. (laughs) Grieg, I I mean, I feel like that's probably right. Um, But yes, this is from uh, Pierre Gint. 
So, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm having some regrets already. <laughs> it's you, so good. You do, yourself, you do it to yourself. I know, I you know. You do, well, truly. I, like I want to make sure there's variety on the show, and I, I yeah. want to have interpreted the theme a little differently than everyone else every time. Yeah. This time around, I should have just done the Arcade Fire song or something like that. Cause, yeah, this is this is a weird choice. Um. <laughs> Obviously, you guys are familiar with the original. So the story it, behind the original song. Sorry, Carter, did you have something to say? Before I, no, I it just some history on you. Before the history, it just it feels like it's a song to awaken from a slumber. Mm-hmm. From like it's not. It doesn't feel like a normal. Like I'm waking up. Like you have. There has, there's like an element of like. Maybe a song to get out of a coma too. Probably yeah, yeah. would be yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I could see that. Um <laughs> it's sort of the quintessential wake up song in some ways, in that like it's been used in cartoons and mm. um lots of movies and commercials and that kind of thing. There's an animation somewhere that I, I tried to dig up but couldn't find where it's like the sun with a big old smile on its face stretches its arms the whole deal. But the whole song supposedly takes you through the course of a day. So we actually get the climax of the piece pretty early. And then you hear the day go by and the sun go back down and everybody goes back to sleep. The song was originally commissioned as incidental music for um, Ibsen's play, also Pierre Gint. Are you familiar with incidental music? It's basically just anytime there's like a play that isn't a musical, but requires music to like set the tone for a scene or... Mm whatever that would be incidental music greek had a whole bunch of constraints because of the show and the theater that they did it in the first time and stuff like that he went back and reworked it like crazy and then um ellington and strayhorn took it upon themselves to rework it even further for better or worse i i wasn't that familiar with billy strayhorn's work before i dug into this even though it's a name that came up a lot Mm -hmm. how about you guys like i certainly the name pops up, pops up on so many compositions, pops up on so many standards that, that you have to learn, things like that. But <laughs> Well, you wrote Take the A Train. That's a big one. Oh, you wrote Lush Life. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So in Lush Life would be like, the, like if you're gonna pick between the two, yeah, <laughs> pick pick Lush Life. Yeah, but you guys you know? are like cool, informed jazz players. I feel like more yeah. just common folk will know take hey, the age. Common folk can be cool, cool <laughs> jazz true. hip people That's too. True. You know, you know. Yeah, it's um, a little hard to separate his career from Duke Ellington's at mm, a certain right. point. Yeah, right. Their collaboration with like even this. There's an old review of it that just says it's like you basically can't tell where one guy's mind stopped and the other ones took over in these arrangements. Whoa. Um, this arrangement is from an album they did called Swinging Sweets. Sorry, Swingin' Sweets. Oh, sick. Um, in the early 1960s. Previously, though, they had done Tchaikovsky. The arrangements on that are like amazing. This was not as well received in part because that had already happened. 
to get this on vinyl and spin it through through all of December. I think it feels <laughs> yes. like uh, perfect. Yeah. There's an inherent like love between swing and um, holiday music. You know, it just mm-hmm. kind of fits nicely. And Grieg isn't Tchaikovsky. It's it's just a different kind of classical music. And on top of that, the Grieg Foundation in Norway really, really didn't like that they did this. They said Ellington's version was ugly and uninspired. So basically, <laughs> they didn't like it. And because they didn't like it, it was pulled from distribution in a lot of places. It didn't run into those issues in the U.S., but because the Tchaikovsky thing had already happened, none of the critics were really interested in writing about it. And it just kind of came and went and still quietly exists out in the world for hmm. me to find. So when people think of the song, we think of like a pastoral scene kind of, but in the context of the play, it's actually supposed to set the tone for uh, um, for a character who's traveling all over the world, I believe. Mm. So it's supposed to hint at, I think, a little bit of Asia at one point, but primarily the North African desert. To China, where he adds a title for himself. I have money in my pocket and I am myself. To Africa, where he schemes to realize his dream of becoming emperor of the world and meets the fair Anitra. So you have those really nice pentatonic melody lines to, I guess, evoke that feel, <laughs> um, which I think it does lend itself nicely to a jazz arrangement. It's fun to improvise if pentatonic is what people are expecting to hear. That's really freeing, you know? Agree or disagree, Carter? You look deep in thought. No, I'm just... I. This is all great. Why <laughs> Why would you... Like, yeah, why is this a song to wake up to? Uh, in, in your, in your own experience. It's literally called Morning Mood. In so, your own... Ex- 100%. 100%. <laughs> the, the title perfectly makes makes sense, for sure. But, like... Well, I think, okay, but so does I was it? Do That's the, the question. Yeah, does it? I was yeah. going to do the original because I yeah. do think that it is like the version of myself that is a cartoon character wakes up to this song. hundred <laughs> percent, right? Where are the you? The version of myself I defer to. Where are yeah. you in the cartoon? Like, are you like in a Probably desert? Probably living in a, like a tree. Nice. You know, like in a little, like one of those little beds with like the hearts carved out of the wood. Um, are you a squirrel or a bird? <laughs> I think I'm a squirrel. And do you knock <laughs> your head against happening. anything? Like, is this kind of comical? Yeah. Or... Yeah. Yeah, but I recover and quickly. Yeah. Maybe the with the assistance going of some around creatures. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was going to pick the, I was going to pick the original <laughs> version because I, I think it is the song to wake up to in some ways. And when I looked it up and started to check it out, I realized that there was this arrangement of it that I sh- mm. I felt like I should have known about and didn't. So it became the song I like to wake up to in the other sense. Is that a sufficient answer? <laughs> I, hey, I and look, everybody's perspective is incredibly valid for sure. So that's that's I'm not trying to bring any like <laughs> why would these why, but like it it just it feels it's it, a weird it's, choice. Yeah, yeah. there like, is. A I wide... personally wouldn't wake up to it. It's not probably. We- yeah, so that was probably <laughs> my. Be honest. Yeah, um, I have a note here, and I don't even remember why I wrote it, but I wrote swaggiest horns at three fifty. So can we listen to the to sure. the horns? Because yeah. let's let's be uh, for whatever reason Wait, I wrote one thing that. Though, but one thing yeah. I want to lay on you because it might relate to that. So the original songs in six eight, when mm. they did this arrangement, they put it in four four, and if yeah. you listen to the drums against the horns, 
it's got some like really cool rhythmic things going on. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. I love quarter note triplets. Oof. I love them too much. I have to like restrain. You should only do that once in a song. Once in a set. Yeah, once yeah, like once a like set. It's like a, yeah. You can't you yeah. can't do that shit all the time. It's too much of a good thing. It does have a cool human feel though, cuz it feels like something's laying back even though it's not mm. when you do that. You know? Sorry, Carter, you were going to say It's no, just the I... perfect, sorry to keep going on no, about go six ahead. over Please. four. It's just the perfect rhythm. <laughs> yeah, it's just complete. Like it has like a circular like finality to it where it's like, oh, it's kind of like grating this tension and then it just like releases really quickly. It's not trying to be like too clever. It's mm-hmm. just... I hadn't ever thought of it that way. It has that like it. it's like, oh, it's floating, but it's not floating over the bar at all. It's like floating through the main like grid of of what you would yes. hear in, in a traditional beat and, and pulse it's an interesting thing too like anytime you have like a, a hemiola where you you know you have one type of rhythm over another kind of thing that's a terrible way to explain that but that that's... it's weird because you can usually break it down and count it out pretty precisely mm-hmm. so it's kind of like me growing up classical it was it was a cool thing to learn and have because my brain could process it but at the same time there's a feel thing there mm. that you don't always get if you're used to playing like to a metronome mm-hmm. all the time, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it's a cool thing for sure. It's a beautiful track. I think that uh-huh. it could you could wake up. Is there a day? I guess yeah. I don't know. You might have to get more specific than weekday, but like what day, what event would you in, in your life maybe use this song to wake up to? Um I'd probably be more likely to wake up to it if I lived alone <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. Like there's something Well, you're a squirrel, like I don't think Yeah, 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 yeah you're like, <laughs> it, I mean, my life as a lonely squirrel. Yeah. It would be the perfect fit, but in my life as a as a human who cohabitates, it might. I don't know because it is like such a perfect the sun is rising mm-hmm. and the day is passing type thing. Greek was very successful in that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. Could it be like early early morning? Like if you ever have to catch a red eye, or like you just have to wake up at like four thirty a.m. Like maybe this could be really calming at that time. Exactly. I don't, but I don't think that it's the kind of song where you have something to do. You know, like no. maybe you wake up early naturally, but then you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Okay. So you wouldn't be driving to the airport, but definitely I could listen to this song when it's still dark out, but it's the mm-hmm. morning because I don't want to listen to anything with a beat. I don't want to listen to any like backbeat yeah. when it's like still night outside. It's just awful. Uh, well, yeah, we're on to 
probably my favorite part of every episode where we get to get to hear <laughs> what end. our guest is up to musically. The end, but also I, I love hearing uh, what everybody that comes on the show is doing musically. So Sarah, incredible drummer, incredible composer, incredible producer. I'm sure you got lots going on. Of course, you know, pandemic disrupts so much stuff, but uh, please, the floor is yours to share everything you got going on musically. Uh, the floor is yours. Thank you, Cotter and Mejia. Yeah, I've been playing with uh, my friend Miles Francis, who is an incredible drummer. Um, they used to play with Antibalis. They're mm. like super deep into the Afrobeat world. Um, so yeah, they're just a great drummer. But in this project, they sing and play guitar or do movement and perform um, and I'm drumming, which is funny because Miles is like just such a freak on drums. And it's just like, Miles, you should you should drum. <laughs> is that intimidating? Like, how, I mean, you're an amazing drummer. But yeah. Is that weird to drum it, for a drummer? Like at this show where we're supporting Antibalas, Miles was like, let's do a drum off. And I was like, sure. <laughs> but we're such different drummers that there's like, it's just so cool to see them play. And then I would never play. Like, actually, it's very specific how we're different because whenever I play the toms, I might go to rudiment, which is just like the basic building blocks of, of drumming. It's like drummers scales or rudiments. Um, my basic rudiment is always double stroke. And it's so kind of dumb to do double strokes on toms because it's just like is a little bit muddy and messy. It's not very like rock. Rock is like single strokes because you want to go. But doubles are a little bit. It's not. I don't even think it's jazz. I don't know where I got this from. I think I have this memory of this Paul Simon song, The Obvious Child. Mm. Um and I think there's like double strokes on that. And I, w I would play that a lot as a kid. And I think it's just like, it's some, it's just in my muscle memory to just go. That's my default. And Miles's default is like singles. And that's like how we're different as drummers. Um, mm. But yeah, I can't wait to do that little drum off moment. It's at Brooklyn Bowl. I haven't actually been nice. there, but I'm excited to bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Got your shoes ready to go. Oh yeah, totally. And then um, <laughs> on Sunday, I have a show. Uh, with my friend Teeny, we're in this duo together, which is her music um, under the name of Lou Tides. We just recorded an album with Bati's Strange in DC over the summer. And the music is like so inspiring and really special to me. Nice. Um, it's like very dark, electronic jazz oh, not not jazz. i don't know why i said jazz um <laughs> um no it's like it's like crazy electronic like vocal pop music and i can't wait for it to come out because it's just like we've just mostly been performing it so it'd be exciting to have like an actual thing in the world um mm -hmm. and then i've been doing solo sets as a drummer with these triggers by sunhouse called sensory percussion i played two solo sets so far and they're so much fun That's and at awesome. the last one i made some friends with some uh video people and we're talking about doing a video of these with like proper like lighting and getting like really oh, creative awesome. and doing it like in a studio where we could like control a lot of the lighting stuff um 
So yeah, I've been trying to set aside time to like really think about and imagine like what this set could be. That sounds incredible. Yeah. I'm also composing like a short piece, like three to five minutes for a dancer for a performance in November. So that's almost here uh, with sensory percussion too. And I've just been like trying to learn more and more about production and, and follow that dream. And that's going to do it for this episode of Themes and Variation. Thank you so much for listening. We want to know your favorite songs to wake up to. So as always, there's a link to a Spotify community playlist in our show notes. Feel free to add your selections there. Remember to check out soundfly.com for all of your music learning needs. And if you're enjoying the show, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode and a new theme.